It's the Baseball Talk Radio Show with Gary Mack and Rich Baxter talking baseball for March 14, 2021. another edition of the baseball talk radio show i'm gary mack hey gary mack rich baxter here <laughs> well, rich, gr- today. <laughs> thank you thank you please please uh <laughs> uh rich uh, how are you this fine week we're getting some warmish weather here so uh we're getting in the baseball mood we're getting warmer day by day move the clocks ahead today so we uh had to get to the studio with seems to be early for us (laughs) but um yeah as you said baseball weather upon us people out there have probably looked up tickets already at their local stadiums i know i have Almost made the plunge, but didn't quite hit the button on it. But uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, really something. We're only uh, 28 days or actually about two weeks away from opening day here. Just about. Yeah. And uh, as you say, it's going to be pretty interesting. We're going to see, uh, at least if you have a minor league team and you go, you're going to see some rule changes. We'll get to that in just a second. Uh, another story we're going to cover a little bit later is we're going to have some fannies in the seats. People are going to be allowed to come to games, uh, in limited capacities for the beginning of the season. And, um, you know, I don't know if we're getting back to a new, a normal see, uh, I, I don't think we'll ever see the normal life that we used to see. I think there'll always be restrictions on us now. Seems the way everything is going, but at least we're getting back a little bit, and uh, hopefully it'll make uh, baseball more exciting this year. Uh, not that it wasn't exciting last year. It, it was really, if you look back at it, uh, other than the wackiness of a 60-game season and all of that, it really was a pretty good season. The North season they had. Um, we're not going to see those expanded playoffs again, but uh, you know it would. It, they got through it. Let's put it that way. And we had baseball for that that time. Yeah, it's almost like a, a bad science fiction movie we've been through in the last year. Uh, solid year for everyone. <laughs> Who would have thunk it that you'd wear a mask into a bank and not be there uh, to pull off a bank job or something? (laughs) Not me. Yeah. Remember how stores used to not want you to come in with a mask on or, or, uh, you know, something like that. Now there's signs mask required is very strange when you go to a bank and it tells you to put on a mask now, or you can't come in. So, uh, it, it is a bizarre year that we had, uh, but you know, let's hope for the best that, that now things may be settling down and we'll get back to some sort of normal, but, um, you know, Rob Manfred 
you asked a question the other day, I think, uh, in a conversation that does he hate baseball or why does he hate baseball? And um, we're going to see some minor, some minor rule changes. They're going to be testing out the minor leagues and there'll be different ones for some of the different leagues. Uh, for instance, AAA, they will see the size of the bases increased from 15 inches square to 18 inches square. Um, doesn't seem like much of a change, but it could have a big impact on the game. Does that mean um, are they going to put the bases at, at, at 90 feet still, or is that three inches going to creep into the 90 feet? That could be one impact of the game. Of mm. course, uh, it, the larger size base may bring back stealing a little bit because they have a, something bigger to, to slide around to. Uh, and again, if it's slightly shorter by three inches, who knows? Um, you know, uh, I, I don't mind the idea in that a lot of these guys get spiked and stuff, especially at first base. I always thought at first base, they, they should have considered having a dual base, perhaps um, one in foul ground for the runner and one in fair ground for the first baseman. Mm-hmm. Uh, this may be a step in that direction, going to a bigger base. But uh, and what is your thoughts on that? Well, it, it again, it's changing the rules of baseball again. And I just sent you a chat uh, through the chat box if you want to open that up. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know many people that have been pining for changes in baseball as much as you know the. We've seen Rob Manfred and crew want to enact into this game of baseball. It, it just doesn't make sense. I know uh, Len and Jeff were nice enough to uh, include us in this conversation and, you know, actually sent us an update on um, an article written by Jason Stark, uh, which was nice of them to um, provide us with that. And, you know, things that they're working on, robo umps, uh, going to be tested in the minor leagues uh, this year in a major way. So, yeah, it seems like that's the testing ground for the pros. And, um, yeah, for some reason or another, they just want to keep tweaking this game. I'm not sure uh, that football changes that much and hockey and uh, the other major sports, but all of a sudden it just seems like a move is, is underneath us to uh, – completely change this game around well let's go through some of the other ideas that are going to be or the other changes they're going to do at the minor league level in double a they are going to experiment with a new rule that addresses a defensive shifts since uh, going forward the defensive team must have a minimum of four players on the infield each of whom must have been must have both feet completely in front of the outer boundary of the indoor dirt or the infield dirt. Um, I guess that means that there'll be no more second baseman playing back in the grass, which, you know, you never really saw that much until the last few years. So uh, they'll keep them on the dirt and, um, 
in the single A, high A, the pitchers are required to disengage the rubber prior to throwing to any base with the penalty of a balk in the event the pitcher fails to comply. Um, that is uh, the rule in uh, the uh, high A ball. And the low A West League will adopt on-field timers to enforce time limits between delivery and pitchers. And in the low A Southeast League is the automatic ball strike system, which you were talking about, the robo umps, will be used to assist home plate umpires with calling balls and strikes and to ensure a consistent strike zone. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I agree with you. Why keep messing with the game? Um, the shifts are not totally against. It almost seems, though, they want to bring speed back into the game as well, because some of these things it would seem um, would open it up. Uh, the, the stepping off the rubber, that's going to open it up for stealers, base stealers, mm -hmm. because, uh, you know, now the pitch has got to come off the rubber and then make his pickoff throw. Uh, before it was, you could make it, you're supposed to do it, but they all spun and, and did it. At, you know, it was like a continuous motion. Now it's, it's almost like they have to step off and then do it. That should be interesting to see. Um, the shift thing I think is interesting because they must have had a report. The offense was down. It didn't seem to be, but, uh, I guess they feel that'll increase offensive again. And look, it, it'll mean that your second baseman has to have range. He can't be out in center field, you know, partial right center field on the grass and have that extra opportunity to get to the ball. So that should be interesting. And that's the way the game was really played for years. You would see an occasional shift, but it would be, one guy coming over, you know, not not two guys and not so radical as what they have done now. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you know, maybe a third baseman, a shortstop would move behind second, perhaps. Uh, and and the third baseman would move to where the shortstop roughly that area Um not where your third baseman's over on a second baseman side. So, so I guess we'll have to see how every, all of this works out. Luckily they have the bias to test it at. Yeah. And I, I kind of like that role. I do like that. You know, the infielders will have to be in the infield because as you said, we've seen in the past, you know, total shifts where they're leaving third base open where a guy, all, all he had to do is tap a little, bunt down the third baseline and maybe in some instances nobody was there so uh, and i'm surprised a lot of guys didn't take advantage of that more than they should have with this kind of um, setups that they were mm -hmm. running and it had to take away from the offense you know if you could get the ball over a second baseman's head you always had you know the shortstop right behind them 10 12 right. 15 feet behind them in effect playing as a short fielder in the outfield. So I, I do, <laughs> excuse me. I do like that rule. Um, 
And I think, like you said, it's more the way the game has been played over the years. Yeah, and and like I say, some of the stuff is going to go back in time. Some of it not. I mean, if they really want, you know, I. But the confusing part, I think, with Manfred is you can't have it both ways. You can't want to to quicken the pace of the game. And at the same time, increase offense, because that's going to slow the game down offense. It's just a proven fact. I mean, if you really wanted to to, to make the games quicker, raise the pitching mound. That seems to me the most logical. They lowered it uh, back in the 60s uh-huh. and to bring more offense into the game. So if you want to have... Uh, you know, and that's when the game started to get longer. Um, but you, I don't think you can have it both ways. You can't have a faster game with more offense. It just doesn't work for me. I do. Maybe it does. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't see how that's possible. But they're going to try these rules, and uh, we'll see what that works out. And. Like I said, the uh, the RoboCop thing is going to be interesting. Uh, they did one game. I don't know if you remember a couple years ago in the minors, and uh, the guy from MLB.com. I can't think of his name now. One of the commentators, an ex-major leaguer. He's a big proponent of this. Oh, I can't think of his name. The guy with the mohawk. I can't. Ah. <laughs> uh. What's uh, his name? Um, Brian of some sort. Brian? Uh, no, not not Brian. The other, uh, uh, I want to say Eric, but okay, yeah, uh, it doesn't mean Hosmer. Yeah, yeah, not, not Hosmer, but yeah, somebody. No, he's he's a big proponent of it, and uh, he did. Uh, they did a whole game in the minor leagues a couple of years ago, um, where they used. I don't even think there was a referee. I think they just used the machine, but uh, Eric Burns, uh, is it Burns? Yeah, it might be him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Very good. Thank you. But uh, yeah, get the first. There you go. That started me (laughs) on your quest. Yeah. So uh, that being said, you know, we, we mentioned before, we're going to have baseball and we're going to have people in the stands. Yeah. And if you're watching our YouTube version of this uh, with the robot umps, um, a- Anthony Castrovince, uh, MLB.com, he wrote a nice story on rule changes that will be tested in the minors this year. It says the long proposed automated balls and strike systems will finally become a reality this year and the interesting way this is going to happen it's not going to be the umps call at all the high uh hawkeye rather tracking system will be used to deliver an audio signal to the home plate ump who will then relay the ball or strike call so this is going to be a hundred percent robot ump Mm. making the call and the ump will wait to hear the audio tone and then signal what the call is so interesting that that's going to be that way. I thought it might be an overruling type of thing where the ump would yeah, have that's to what I thought. And, uh, you know, if it was overruled, it was overruled. But no, it's going to be 100% computerized uh, with this Hawkeye tracking system. 
Do you ever think we'll get to the point where we don't have umpires anymore? I think you might. I mean, they might be an endangered species uh, within baseball because you have the technology, the camera technology, you have the overriding third set of eyes, so to speak, in the booth in New York now, where if there was a dispute, they would be, you know, the umpire in effect. Yeah, I could I could almost see that in the future. Yeah, I mean, I I, I always wondered why they couldn't have, um, you know, I mean, we have pressure sensor switches and stuff. You could put that kind of thing on a base so you know when to run a hit. It could be built into gloves so you know when the ball hits, you know. So on a close play at first base, the base would light up uh, or something, you know, when a guy hits it. And um, you could tell from a replay if the ball got there. You know, uh-huh. that kind of stuff. I I, I, don't, I always thought it would be possible. The same thing with, with the home plate. The home plate could have some sort of, uh, I don't well, I don't know exactly how you do it, but you know, you break a field or something. You a break beam. a, yeah, a light beam, and you break it when you slide in or you, or whatever. I mean, I, I suppose there's ways of doing it. Um, We're in charge of next gen, you know, projects and ideas. Yeah, <laughs> let's not give them all away, Gary. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Our patents, all of our patents are at the window. Okay, all right. Light I'll forget beams, about the sensors. The, the foul poles then. Leave it all away. <laughs> there goes another million. Yeah, what the heck? We weren't meant to be oh, rich, Rich. <laughs> yeah. That's obvious. We're well, doing the show. <laughs> Well, we've been talking about uh, the game and people coming back and wondering if people coming back. And and as it turns out that it looks like I believe most states have approved the fannies in the seats for at least opening day in limited amounts. and and you know it could change it could e- either increase or possibly even decrease uh, based on what happens as time goes by but uh, at least they're going to be there and the disparity among the states is very interesting yeah um you can go from and we have a listing here if you're watching again on the youtube channel here of every mlb team what they plan to open with Let's take a look and a glance at some of it. Uh, Arizona fans at opening day. Yes. Diamondbacks will move forward with a plan of limited to 25% capacity, about 12,100 fans chase field uh, right up behind them. The Braves undetermined if they're going to have fans at opening day, as at a time of this writing, they have not. Well, they changed that now. Oh, okay. Yeah. They're, they're allowed uh, 13,500, which is approximately 33%. So that's just came down. Awesome. And yeah, this article was a couple of days ago, but they, they were talking mm-hmm. about 25% at that time. But as Gary just said, up to 30 for them. 
Uh, Chicago, yes. Uh, Lori Lightfoot, Chicago mayor there, decided mm -hmm. that both Chicago teams may sell up to 20% of available seats. Uh, let's go to some areas we're more familiar with, Gary. New York, 10% capacity, about 4,500 fans at City Field. And I think that's one of the lowest, uh, New York, the 10%. Um, 5,400 at uh, Yankee Stadium. But um, the only other one, as you said, it's about, uh, what, it, what was it? Uh, 4,200 fans for the, the city field. The Red Sox are going to have 12%. So they're going to have a higher percentage, but actually less fans, 4,000 fans. So it's all over the place. It, it, it seems uh, the ma the major seems to be between 20 and 30%. Though the, um, interestingly enough, uh, the uh, Texas Rangers are going to have 100% capacity. Hmm. Uh, but they are going to have special areas for social distancing, so there'll be some, some rearranging. But whatever's not blocked off for special seating will be 100%. So uh, that's interesting. But Houston hasn't made a decision yet, which is another – they're in the same state. Mm -hmm. um, Toronto is going to have 15% at their ballpark in the minor league. They're going to open the season in Dunedin, as mm -hmm. I think we reported a couple of weeks ago, because uh, they still cannot get across the Canadian border. So, And then it looks like they will play in Buffalo until the restrictions are lifted. And the Washington Nationals will have no people in the stands. Wow. Denied by the District of Columbia. Interesting. Yes, yes. Uh, they have been denied by Homeland's District of Columbia Homeland Security and Emergency Management Agency. Now, this, of course, could change with pressure put on uh, by Major League Baseball. But as of uh, this recording and the article that we uh, read, uh, they were not. They were cleared to play games there but we're not cleared to host fans. It's a very interesting situation there. Yeah, in Philadelphia, up to 8,800 fans, 20% of the total. I guess a lot of Mets fans will be down watching their Mets maybe in Philly again, uh, Gary. It, it might be, but I don't. it's going to be real tough to get tickets. Yeah, yeah. I was on, like I said at the opening, uh, early this week, and I could have bought tickets to opening day of course i do have to work my real job that day but can't attend <laughs> but uh yeah i could have got the first weekend uh series there and uh, i was about to but you know didn't do it i'll watch from television i know it can be chilly at times and kind of nasty the first couple of weeks of april you're watching a game and of course, it's the full price too. You know, we're not used to those ticket prices. I'm thinking I or <laughs> something for my computer with that kind of money. Yeah, you, know? you would think uh, they would would uh, 
they would do something to adjust the ticket prices, but COVID discount, maybe. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, we'll see. Maybe as time goes by, if they're not even drawing the people, then uh, they may uh, do something. But uh, at least we're gonna have we're not gonna have cardboard cutouts, and I hope that they don't do what they're doing in spring training and keep the cardboard cutouts and sprinkle the fans in. Cause I think that gets a little crazy, you know, yeah. um, I can get it in spring training and why they're doing it. But, um, but you know, it's kind of, it kind of freaks you out a little bit because then all of a sudden you see somebody move and you, you know, you don't know what the hell's going on because you got all these cardboard cutouts and then you see this guy moving and it's like, Whoa, what's that? You know? Yeah. So let's, Get rid of the cardboard cutouts. That was fine last year to, to give the players, I guess. But, um, you know, there's nothing like having people there. There really isn't. It it, it's, it, it pushes you. It inspires you. Um, and at least they'll have that uh, for opening day. And hopefully for the whole season, we'll get by. Um you know, uh, they've gotten by a couple of weeks of spring training with, I think, only one case of COVID that I know of. And that was Joey Votto of the Cincinnati Reds. I don't think there's any other cases of it at this time uh, that came out yet. So uh, let's hope they can get it. They should be able to get vaccinated very soon. Um. So uh, it, it's an interesting thing, though, because the vaccination is done by the states. They're all from different states. So when they're eligible to play is, will they have to go to their home states or whatever state they play in? Um, I don't know. Or Major League Baseball just get a supply. Very interesting uh, to see how this all works out. It's all virgin territory, so nobody really knows. Yeah, but uh, we do have that opportunity to see baseball uh, at a stadium near you, except for Washington. That's for sure. But I um, <laughs> thought we'd uh, take a browse around the standings. Not that it means too much in in spring training um, revelry type of speak here. But uh, seven games in, they've completed seven games. The Miami Marlins back again with the limited amount of games, but they're on top of the grapefruit league. Uh, mm. most teams are up to 12 games, you know, that, that, uh, area, but the Yankees doing well early eight and four the nationals up there at five and three. And then we have a, a bunch of other teams tied up at seven and five. So, you know, take this as it will for the standings uh, over in the cactus league. Kansas City's racking them in there, ten and oh. three so far. Eight and two in their first ten or last ten games, rather, three game winning streak. I've been seeing. Oh, um, they've been on a few times on MLB. Uh, I'm a night owl, and and I, I catch some of the games late at night, the end of them or the replays. Um, some of them go too late. I, I don't stay up for the whole game, but I've been catching some of it. A lot of the angels, this show, uh, 
and and uh, Kansas City, they showed a couple of nights. Uh, saw some of the Cubs and everything, and and um, Kansas City looks like an improved team. They they uh, you know uh, if they stay healthy and their pitching uh, holds up, that's that's the whole key with them. Uh, they've got some good young players. And we'll see what happens there. It should be an interesting race. The Central with the White Sox, uh, uh, you know, back again. Um, though they uh, lost their starting catcher and they signed uh, Yasmani Grandal, but he's been uh, hurt in spring training. So will he be ready for opening day? Who knows? Um, but the, lots of interesting stories going on. And uh, we'll see, but we'll talk more about that as we get a little closer to the season when we break down the divisions a little bit better. But, um, you know, a lot of teams made moves over the winter, which was nice. And some of them improved, some of them didn't improve, and we'll see. Yes, we will. And Gary's been nice enough to furnish the show with a call-in number. So if you have a question or a comment for us here on the Baseball Talk Radio Show, reach out and give us a call. Become part of the show, 516-619-6341. Leave a comment or question. We'll try to get it on the air and address it for you. Uh, like our buddies Len and Jeff over at Baseball and Barbecue, constantly in touch with us on different, uh, you know, rules and things like that so uh leave us a comment or a message and uh be glad to put it on a show yeah and if you'd like to help out the show don't forget that you can uh leave a small donation go to anchor.fm slash baseball talk radio show well our patreon page patreon.com slash baseball talk and and Leave whatever you can, a dollar, two dollars, five dollars, thousand dollars a month, whatever you want to give. One time we would be we would be greatly appreciated and uh would help us out. As I say, we this is we we make nothing off of the show and uh it's we do everything ourselves. We're we're a two-man operation here. We have no producers, no directors. We do our research. We do our own videos. We do our own producing. We do our own editing. Uh, everything the vast, is the vast baseball talk radio.com studios here, as you can see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it takes a lot of upkeep to uh, maintain these. Uh, That's right. Spots. So uh, the anything. cleaning staff and the, <laughs> right. the control room. Uh, yeah, no, we're, we're everything. We're the control room. We're the cleaning staff. Uh, we wash the dishes, <laughs> everything. So uh, if you could, if you could contribute, it's anchor dot FM slash baseball talk radio show or Patreon dot com slash baseball talk so and you know while you're at it visit our facebook page as well at facebook.com slash baseball talk radio show and uh like the page and uh, uh see what we have to offer 
Very cool. And our YouTube feed, of course, uh, just go to YouTube and search Baseball Talk Radio Show. I told a mm-hmm. good friend of mine today to do that. So I'll shout out to Joe if you're watching the show. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, he's a big Mets fan, so I'm sure he's going to be tuning into your shows as well. Gary, uh, as you do the Mets Musings podcast, wow. people out there may not know, I do a Phillies podcast called Fighting Phillies. Right. Uh, dot com uh phillies talk podcast so this isn't our only show so you can tune into our other ones stop by baseball talk radio.com uh scheduled to be updated soon start for the baseball season new pages some fun things there and if you're looking on our youtube feed at the moment i got our listeners up here it breaks it down by area uh 86 listeners from the united states we're still holding the seven percent margin, which I think is huge in the United Kingdom. That's I know, lovely. Gary, you, you have yeah. a lot of listeners from the UK being uh, with Mets Musings. Yes, uh, there's actually a fans page, uh, Met fans in the UK. So, um, yeah, they, they're they're growing the game of baseball over there slowly but surely, and. Uh, Hey, great folks over there. I've met a couple uh, of them. And uh, uh, in fact, uh, one, uh, my good buddy, Sean, we had, we actually had him on Mets Musings. He was on a round table with us. So uh, that was a blast having him on. Poor guy had to stay up till one in the morning though, but uh, he didn't mind. (laughs) And And they know their stuff too. That's cool. They, they know their baseball. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I know a lot of soccer fans watch the English Premier League over here. So goes mm-hmm. back and forth with sports fans. Um, 70% of our listeners come from Apple Podcasts. So thank you very much. Hit that subscribe button. If you're listening to our show for the first time, you'll get every update that we do. Amazon Alexa, 4% of listeners are listening to us through a smart listening device like amazon alexa that's very cool uh anchor our direct site here three percent overcast three percent and twenty percent for other so it's interesting that there's a lot of other podcast uh aggregators out there including google podcasts and other places like that we've got a huge number out there 20 percent listen to us from uh, other locations so thank you very much but As Gary said, our main um, housing for the show is over at anchor.fm forward slash baseball talk radio show. And you can find us there and subscribe to the show. You can also donate to the show uh, and, and take advantage of some cool things there. So we thank you all for tuning in. Yes. Thank you very much. Enrich some, Sad news in the world of baseball. Uh, two players, former players, lost their lives this past uh, uh, few weeks, or actually probably this past week. A former MLB relief pitcher, Real Cormier, lost his battle with pancreatic cancer at the age of 53 on Monday. The Southpaw played for five teams, the Cardinals, the Red Sox, the Expos, the Phillies, and the Cincinnati Reds over 16 season in the majors from 1991 to 2007. 
Cormier, who many players refer to as Frenchie, is best known for his time with the Phillies, where he pitched for six seasons, made 363 appearances among uh, uh, going, I should say, 28-21 and pitched to a 3.63 ERA. I remember him with the uh, Phillies. I also remember him with the Cardinals, especially uh, Cormier when he first came up. Um, such a shame, 53 years old, pancreatic cancer. That, that's a real bad one. Yeah, yeah, it's shame as I... I was reading it this past week myself and uh, very surprised to hear that and uh, saddened by it. Yeah, it's a tragedy. Uh, Cormier still very much young, you know, even though he's uh, retired out of the game and all. But uh, yeah, you know, our condolences go out to the family. Mm -hmm. And one more, Rich, Norm Sherry, the former Angels manager and longtime Major League coach who spent five seasons as a big league catcher and famously helped mold a young Sandy Koufax, died Monday, his family said. He was 89 years old. He spent four seasons with the Dodgers from 59 to 62, one with the Mets in 63, and he managed the Angels from 1976-77 and served as a pitching coach on pennant-winning teams in San Diego in 84 and in San Francisco in 89. His brother was a pitcher. They teamed up together on the Dodgers. Uh, Larry Sherry, who was the MVP of the 1959 World Series, I believe it was, he spent the Norm Sherry spent four decades in baseball. One of his lasting legacy was the impact he made on tons of big league uh, players. Along with Koufax, Sherry also played a key role in the early development of Hall of Famers Don Sutton and Gary Carter, among many other players. So not a bad resume. 89 years old, had a good life, had a good uh, long life in baseball. And our condolences go out to the Sherry family as uh, Norm Sherry passed away at uh, 89. Yep, condolences as well. And uh, I think we missed this one uh, earlier in the month of March. Uh, people may remember this name, Joe Altabelli, a longtime oh. player and a manager. Uh, back in the 70s and the 80s uh, for Baltimore uh, in the 80s and the Giants in the 70s, the late 70s. Yeah, he passed away mm -hmm. March 3rd, 88 years oh. old. So, yeah, a lot of these guys, you don't hear the name for a while. Oh, yeah, I remember that name, you know. Right, right, but, uh, right. Unfortunately, not with us anymore. And um uh, a player just recently retired. A lot of people know this name, Nick Markakis, uh, the Braves and the Baltimore Orioles for many years, 37 years old and retired. Yeah, he just announced it. Uh, he just signed. Uh, I mean, he signed a contract, I think, for this year. So it was a little surprising that he retired. I I believe he signed a contract with Atlanta. Um, had a couple of good years in Atlanta. Really helped him out the last couple of years. And uh, I guess he figured enough was enough. You know, you get to an age, I guess, and 
the aches and pains every day and you know yeah you, you think it's worth it but you know who knows everybody's different you know you don't know what you, your mind's going through uh, a lot of it's mental and um but congratulations to him. You know, he was he was a good, solid player. I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer or not, but a good, solid player. I think he's got like 2,300 hits, plus hits in his major league career. So uh, a good, consistent player, a good outfielder and stuff. So, um, you know, he moves on to the next level in his uh, life. And, you know, maybe he'll stay in the game or not. We'll, we'll see what happens. Don't know if he's prone to that. Some guys don't don't want to continue in the game. Um, others do. You know, want to be managers or coaches or whatever. And uh, But uh, really good player. Sorry to see him go. Yeah, and he said his number one decision and main focus is obviously his kids and family. So that made a big, big impact on him as well, probably with this COVID situation as well. So yeah, as you said, he's a solid baseball player, um, made some money doing it as well. And, uh, you know, now he's able to retire at a young age. And as you said, take that next step, whatever he wants to do. And uh, he was, one of those guys that you would love to have on a baseball team, not necessarily a Mike Trout, but somebody uh, that was just as, as you described him, a solid player. You could count on him. He was a uh, exciting player to watch. Uh, yeah. He's the kind of guy that's like the perfect uh, fill for a team, you know, veteran hitter, knows knows how to work the count knows how to play the game and uh just one of those solid guys you know when when the yankees win it back in the 90s and stuff it wasn't all you know uh, roger clemens it it was but it wasn't all the superstars it was the guys like paul o'neill that was so steady in right field and it's the lesser known guys just the solid guys yeah, that are are above average players, but they're not great players. You know what I mean? It it's yeah. not. Um, uh, those are the guys you need. You need a couple of those guys to set to settle everything down. You know, um, when the Mets won in '86, it was, you know, they had Hernandez and they had Carter and and they had a great pitching staff, but it was. It was so many other fill-in guys that really, uh, you know, really make the difference. Uh, you know, continuing with the Mets, because I do a Mets show. It's a 69 Mets. It was, you know, it was the fill-in guys they had. The, the uh, platoon in, in right field, the Swoboda and Shamsky. And, and uh, you know, it, it was just you need those players as well as the superstars. Yeah. You need to balance it off. Yeah. And the fact that it 
says in the article, he made $120 million over a 15 year career. Try to do that in, uh, you know, the private, <laughs> the private world there over at Walmart and, you know, places like that. Well, look, you know, it's a funny thing if you think about it. If you're the 25th guy on the roster, and I don't know what the minimum is, is it a million now or whatever? If if you have a couple of good years, even if you if you're the backup catcher on a team, and you can last for five, six, seven, ten years, you know, you're gonna make a nice chunk of change and if you invest it wisely and you're smart about it uh you could even those guys can set themselves up for life you know um if you get a million bucks a year that's nothing to 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 uh to sneeze at you know and if you like i said if you can last 10 years or so uh you know, at that kind of rate, who knows? You, you, you can live a nice life. I, I, you know, I would think. Just, you just can't get used to it. I'm always thrown back to the story of, um, and I forget the numbers, but I'll just make up. But uh, Keith Hernandez, when he was with the Mets, he had had a couple of divorces. He was paying alimony, you know. So he signed this contract. I don't know what he was making. It was like laughable compared to today's money, but we'll say it was three million a year or something. And I remember reading somewhere like he was living his he was living his life. He was having a good time, but he was living like on a um, let's say a hundred thousand dollar budget or something, and he was squirreling away the rest, you know. Um, and that's really the way to do it. If you think about it now, he's got a home in Florida. He's got a home in, in uh, uh, the Hamptons out here during the season. He lives out in the Hamptons in the sum in the winter. He goes to Florida. Uh, he's still working. So he is making money. Uh, but, um, you know, that's what you have to think of sometimes when you're a ball player, because he, it could be gone quickly. So don't go out and spend it all right away on a new cars and all of that kind of thing. Um, because glory can be fleeting. And, uh, you know, though I hear Mike Trout, well, look, Mike Trout's made a couple hundred million by now. Uh, he, he's building a big uh, mansion out there by you in uh, Southern Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the fruits of this game is great, you know, for a lot of players. So uh, good luck to Mark Hakis. And well, we're going to get ready for some afternoon baseball here on a Sunday. Uh, some games being telecasted today. The Mets just tweeted out, let's go, let's play ball. The Tampa Bay Rays, same thing. So it's uh, around baseball time. So we hope you're tuning in and Give us an email, send one to either rich at baseballtalkradio.com or Gary at baseballtalkradio.com. If you have a question or a comment about the show, something we, we should be talking about, let us know. Yeah. And uh, as I said, if you'd like to help out the show again, uh, go to anchor.fm forward slash baseball talk radio show 
or patreon.com forward slash baseball talk and anything you can and and the facebook page i keep forgetting that facebook.com slash baseball talk radio show very cool we'll talk to you all again on the next edition gary you have a great week and oh and before i forget rich a happy saint patrick's day to everybody we won't be uh, it'll be this this wednesday i believe so uh happy Ooh. saint patrick's day to everybody we should have been wearing green today i forgot all about it but uh, i was thinking i might but yeah mine's still packed away i haven't really unpacked the uh the spring stuff yet. <laughs> yeah i know the feeling <laughs> all right see you next time Thanks for listening to this edition of the Baseball Talk Radio Show with Gary Mack and Rich Baxter. We'll be back with a whole lot more talking baseball. And reminder, if you want to send us a sponsorship, go right to our website at anchor.fm forward slash baseball talk radio show. You can sponsor us there and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks, everyone. Take care.